0: Be careful for nothing. It's not to say don't think about or don't care about anything, it's don't spend a lot of extra thoughts on
1: things you have no control over. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. You're listening to In Grace.
0: This is Jim Scudder, and today on this Wednesday, July 12th, we are going to tackle more of your Bible questions. This is a series we simply call Answers, and it's answers from the Bible about the Bible. One of the questions that we're going to get today is, is there a goal or a verse for the church in general to strive for to accomplish and I'm going to give you a couple verses one is the verse for our Bible College our theme verse for the year Uh, Another one that I thought would be good for our church to have as a theme, but maybe this can be a theme for you that you can take and make sure that you are living this verse. And I think that's great to have a favorite verse or a theme verse. I think that's wonderful because you're putting the Word of God in its proper position as an important part of your life. Another person asked, how do you, as you're a pastor, but you still are busy with a Bible college and media ministry, how do I spend my time? How do I make sure I get everything done and and still be the, you know, the husband, the father, grandfather, that I'm doing everything that God wants me to do? How do I do it all? So that's an interesting question, not really a Bible question. It's a little more personal, but I did answer that one on this episode. And then somebody else had asked about Luke 22, 35, and 36, even through 37, where it talks about, Jesus is basically saying because of the persecution that's about to come, uh, you know, if you don't have a sword, go buy one, sell your garment and buy a sword. Is that saying that we should go out and buy a sword or in our modern day, buy a gun or buy guns? So how do we feel about guns and how do we feel about weaponry as Christians? I'm going to answer that one too and these are really good questions very complicated questions but important questions that we think through in a biblical way so I know that you'll be blessed today as we answer these questions some of you want to know how to get this answer series you can get all of them on audio CD when you contact our ministry by calling us at 1-800-78-GRACE 1-800-78-GRACE or go to ingraceradio.com don't forget tonight on TB in Grace Television is broadcasting. We want you to watch every TBN broadcast or you can watch us anytime for free on YouTube and Roku. The first question today is this. I wonder if each year you have a goal or verse in mind for us as a church to strive for and accomplish. Being at Quint Road for a while, I know the main goal is always souls and salvation. Amen. I'm glad that the person asking this question understands that, and that is so important. Besides that, anything you like to see us improve in and work on as a church family. So we don't typically have a verse of the year at Quentin Road. We do have one at Dayspring, though. We have a verse for the school year, and this year the verse is in Luke 21, 28, and it's this idea of Jesus saying, look up, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. And I absolutely love that verse because I believe this is of course not the context of this verse is the return of Jesus Christ and he's coming back to the earth. It's not written to us, it's written to those in the tribulation to look up because the redemption draweth nigh. But I do believe we can apply it to us today because we are to also look up for the return of Jesus in the clouds. We are to look up when we are facing struggles and trials, because the Bible says, look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So look up. That's the theme of day spring in the school year. But I will give you a theme verse, and that is this verse in Philippians 4, 6. Be careful. It's an old English word that basically means worrisome or anxious, okay, for nothing. It's not to say don't think about or don't care about anything. It's don't spend a lot of extra thoughts on things you have no control over. It's when that worry consumes you and it it takes you away, it takes your focus away from serving the Lord. There are plenty of things that you have no control over. Have any of you men ever had the opportunity to sit in the passenger seat of a car with your wife driving. <laughs> there's no steering wheel, there's no brake, there's no gas pedal, and that's kind of how I think this verse is talking about. Sorry, ladies. And you women, you know exactly what I'm talking about because sometimes you're, you're over in the passenger seat and you actually think you do have a brake pedal. Any of you have the same situation that my wife and I have? And I just feel so almost helpless sitting over there on the right side. And I've learned to keep my mouth zipped and just enjoy the fact that I'm being chauffeured around by my lovely, beautiful, intelligent wife, who has an excellent record, by the way. You know, it's funny. It's not like she's a bad driver. It's just, you know, I need control, right? So it's this idea of, I cannot control this situation, so why am I expending valuable brain power on something I cannot do anything about? That's what this verse is saying. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about those things that you can't control. But in everything, here's three things, and this could be a whole sermon later. By prayer, prayer is petitioning God, worshiping God, okay, and supplication, which is pretty much the same thing, but with earnestness. Something's really, really happening in your life, and you're almost crying out to God. Supplication with thanksgiving, which is a third excellent part of prayer. Thanksgiving is just acknowledging God's goodness and provision in our life, thanking him for it. So when you have those anxieties, pray about that in worship In supplication or earnest prayer and in thankful prayer. And I believe when you are able to do those three things, you're replacing worry and anxiety. Okay? Do we need this in 2020? Absolutely. Let your request be made known unto God. For goals, I'm not a big goal setter. Uh, Some of you are, and that's fine. Nothing wrong with that. I grew up in a school. That taught, set your goals. We actually literally set goals every day. The school curriculum that we use here is a curriculum that encourages young people to say, okay, here are my goals for the day. And to set those, to write them out on a card, and to accomplish those goals. And if you don't accomplish those goals, guess what you get to take home with you that night? Uh, Homework. So it's goal setting, accomplishing goals. It's really good quality to have. Here's what I'd rather do than have a goal. Okay, I don't want to set a goal. We do have goals, and I have goals, but it's more of a prayer that God will guide me today. I generally know the things that God wants us to do, but often I'm amazed as we walk through life at the different opportunities and things that open up to us as we serve the Lord. So, I don't necessarily have a goal in that sense for 2021, but if I did, I'll put it this way. Let us all do all that we can to see that more people hear the gospel, be saved, and grow in grace. So that's our goal for 2021, 2022, 2023, 2024. That's our goal, and that's a good goal. So here's your verse of the year Philippians 4, six and your goal for the year as well. The second question is, and that was a good question, and I do appreciate that. Unlike a regular church pastor, I guess I'm not a regular church pastor. No, this is not a regular church, believe me, it is not. It is an unusual church in many ways, and I know what this person is saying, and it's a compliment, by the way. You have also big responsibilities of a Bible college and media ministry. So those of you that aren't familiar with Road Baptist Church. We have our church, which has, of course, our church activities and the different things that we do, but also schools from preschool, one of the largest Christian preschool in the country, all the way up to high school. And then we have a, a sister organization that's closely linked with the church, and that's called Dayspring Bible College and Seminary. It's a four year Bible program, ministry program. We bring in students from around the United States and around the world. And they uh, get a Bible college education trained to be people in ministry, in churches, missionaries. Uh, Some take secular jobs, but they have that real great basis. And it's an awesome ministry. I think it's the greatest thing in the world to have that because who's going to train the next generation of leaders? You know, a lot of Bible colleges are transitioning to almost all secular programs. And I'm not going to criticize them. I'm just going to say, if we don't, who will? We need to multiply. Addition isn't enough to reach the world. Multiplication is. Dayspring Bible College is a lot of work. It's very expensive. We have a beautiful campus, 14-acre campus north, about five miles from here, that houses the college. The dorms are there. We have men's and women's dorms, married housing. We have a couple other staff houses there, as well as an academic building, a Student Union Center with all sorts of fun things for the kids to do. It's a really beautiful place surrounded by forest preserves and trails. The kids can go out there and just, it's beautiful. It's incredible. And God has really blessed us. But it's a challenge to operate that as well as the other ministry that this person was referring to was our media ministry in grace, which is a ministry my dad started. But one day he said, I think we should go on television. And if you know anything about media ministry, you never start on television. You always start on radio. Radio is a lot cheaper, a lot easier. Television is really expensive, really hard, but he had his burden. He had a call of God in his life. And so for years and years and years, he was on television, one of the only fundamental Baptist preachers on nationwide television. And so we inherited that ministry and we want to continue that ministry. We've changed it a little bit. Our television program is less from the pulpit and more of. Christian adventures, but the gospel's in every one of them. The gospel is the answer for this world. And so it's a real passion of mine to operate that ministry. So this question is, how do you discern where to spend your time, your valuable time and energy among these important ministries? And that is a challenge. Let me tell you the only way it works, the amazing staff that this ministry has. I mean, unbelievable staff from Pastor Paul and Molly. Pastor Paul is our executive pastor. Molly runs our preschool, uh, our largest ministry of the church. Pastor Paul runs the day-to-day operations of the church and and oversees the school and does so many things. Staff like them and Pastor Mark and Courtney and Pastor Fontana and Nancy. I can go through the list. Uh, You have Pastor Rendy, Kim, Pastor John, and Chris. We have Jim and Deidre and Dr. Stringer and Cindy and just go on through the list of people that God has brought here so that they can take the burden of the day-to-day operations. I spend a lot of time in study. I spend time in prayer. I spend time preparing for sermons. Uh, I do oversee the general direction of all the ministries and oversee the finances of all the ministries, handle the big problems of all the ministries, but I do devote a considerable amount of time to producing and working on in grace. And so I thank God for that because it gives us, it's a local church, but it gives us truly a national ministry ministry that God has allowed us to do. But that's a good question, and I appreciate all your prayers as we do a lot of different things around here. But it takes the staff.
1: Are you ready for an adventure like no other? Dive into a world of discovery within Grace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. Immerse yourself in the awe-inspiring beauty of the Grand Canyon, and uncover the captivating evidence of Noah's flood. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to InGrace. Simply call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two additional video series, A Tour of Noah's Ark with Ken Ham, and Ark of Noah, which explores the geological evidence that supports the Bible. For your gift of $100 or more, you can enjoy our entire Creation Series bundle, including eight sensational video series, Call 800-78-GRACE or visit ingraceradio.com. That's 800-78-GRACE, ingraceradio.com, or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Don't miss out on this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. Again, that's 800-78-GRACE or ingraceradio.com.
0: All right, this is a good one. The next question is this. Does Luke 22... 35 through 36 suggest that we go out and buy guns. What would Jesus say about gun control? I don't know what Jesus would say about gun control, right? Because there weren't guns at that time. But I know what Thomas Jefferson said about gun control. He said this, and I quote, Those who hammer their guns into plows will plow for those who didn't. Let me to say that again. Okay. This is maybe a touchy issue for you. I'll just be very frank with you. I am a gun owner. I'm not carrying a gun right now. Although some Sundays I wish I had one. No, I, some pastors actually can still carry in the pulpit. I'm like, yeah, no, I, I don't wanna have that temptation. You know, Somebody's sleeping or whatever. Uh, I hunt. I used to hunt more than I do now, but I have hunting guns, shotguns, rifles. My dad left me some guns. I have handguns, and we have fun. We practice, target practice. We skeet shoot, uh, and I'm going to protect my family, okay? Now, if you're against all that, I'm not going to preach about it, right? That you should or shouldn't be for gun control. I, I do love this country, and I think it's a very important amendment to the Constitution. It was the second amendment in America that we have the right to bear arms, And there's a lot of debate on what that was for, but the bottom line is our our founding fathers saw it as an important right, and I'm glad we have that right. Now, that's not my soapbox. I'm not going to be making a big deal about that. That's not my cause. My cause is the gospel of Jesus Christ, okay? So I think that there has to be a balance there. And let's answer the questions. Why did this person bring up Luke 22? Well, this is really interesting because Luke 22 has been used by people to say Jesus wants us to have guns, okay? And I don't think this is what this is saying. Luke twenty-two thirty-five, 35, and he said unto them, this is Jesus speaking to the disciples in the upper room. This is the last night of his life. The next day he would be on a cross, okay? He is going through all the different things that they need to be prepared for. Their whole world is about to go upside down, right? He had just predicted that one was going to betray him. They couldn't believe that. And then they started arguing about it right after he had had the, what we call the Last Supper. And then he says, one of you could going to betray me. And then they start arguing, if you read through Luke 22, and their argument led to who's the greatest in the kingdom. They had already had this argument. He had already chastised them about this and say, the least is the greatest. But there they are. That's our human tendency, is who's going to be the greatest? Who's the greatest? Who's the best? And then Jesus is trying to teach them, and these are the last words of Jesus. And he says this, when I sent you without purse and script and shoes, lack you anything. So what is he talking about? Several years earlier, earlier in the Gospels, you read that Jesus sent his 12 disciples out into different villages to minister, To preach. And he told them, don't don't be taking a bunch of stuff. Where you go, your ministry, those you minister to, will provide what you need. So he's bringing that up. When I sent you out with all that stuff, and did you ever lack anything? And they said, no, nothing. Verse 36, then said he unto them, but now he that hath a purse, let him take it. Otherwise his script. His money. He that hath no sword, let him sell his garment and buy one. There it is. You know, the equivalent to us, the sword was the premier weapon of the day, the defensive and offensive, mostly offensive weapon, was the sword. For I say unto you that this that is written must yet be accomplished in me. Anytime he says it is written, that's referring to the Hebrew scriptures. This has to be accomplished what? He was reckoned among the transgressors. It was predicted that the Messiah would be counted as a transgressor, as a criminal. And that's in Isaiah 53, verse 12. Uh, That's in your your verses. That's where he's quoting from. So everything's about to change. He is soon going to be considered a criminal. He's going to be arrested. He's going to be tried. And he's going to be uh, sentenced to death And guess what? All of his disciples will also be considered criminals and uh, uh, transgressors. They're not, but they're going to be considered. So that's what he's trying to say here is, before you didn't need anything, but now you do. Why? Because you are now going to be considered criminals. Does that mean he wants you to go sell your garment and buy a sword or buy a gun and buy guns and prep and you know b- dig a hole in the ground and put a bunch of food in there and stuff? You know what, I'm not gonna do all that, but if you are, let me know and give me your home address, okay, because I'll need somewhere to go when all this happens. I just don't think that's our cause, okay, to do all that. I'm not saying you shouldn't have some things you know, prepared and all that, and nothing wrong with that, but I think we can easily go overboard and all this stuff, and then it's taking us away from our, our main cause. For the things concerning me have an end. This is Jesus predicting what's about to happen, end of verse 37, 38, and they said, Lord, behold, here are two swords. They looked around. I'm sure Peter had one of them because he was that guy he was going to protect the Lord, and he's always going to be on the lookout for bad things, and they had two swords, and he said, It is enough. I think he's trying to say there, That's not my point. Why do I think that? Well, look over in Luke 22 and some verses later. So they go and they walk to the Garden of Gethsemane. He prays, sweat drops of blood. Then they come and arrest him at night. And in verse 49, when they which were about him saw what would follow, they said unto him, Lord, shall we smite with the sword? So now they, okay. Jesus is saying, we didn't need a sword before. Now we do. Okay, they're coming to arrest. Is this it? They're ready to pull out their swords, right? So they obviously misunderstood what he was saying. And one of them, verse 50, smote the servant of the high priest and cut off his right ear. Peter. And Jesus answered and said, suffer ye thus far. In other words, that's enough. Enough of that. Jesus was coming to die. He was coming to be numbered as a transgressor. Pulling out a sword, using a sword was not part of the plan. They were confused by what he was saying. What was he saying? He was saying, listen, before I was preparing you to preach, now I'm preparing you to be persecuted. I don't believe if someone's coming to arrest us because of our faith in Jesus Christ, we should defend ourselves with a sword or a gun. I think that we need to trust the Lord in these things. I really do. I'm not saying we shouldn't have guns. I just told you I do have them, and I think they're a great thing to have and a wonderful right. But let me tell you this. Jesus, in verse 31, touched his ear and healed him. Isn't that amazing? The compassion right then and there of Jesus healing that man. Now, is Jesus a pacifist? Is Jesus a pacifist? Remember, he came the first time to die, right? He came riding on a donkey. He came as a humble servant. He came, washed his disciples' feet. The second coming, he comes in power and glory on a white horse with a sword coming out of his mouth. If you believe Jesus is a pacifist, read Revelation 19.15, okay? That's all I have to say on that. But I'll tell you this. Right now, today, Ephesians 6 tells us that our weapons are not fleshly you need more than a gun to defeat the real enemy of the christian and again read ephesians 6 if you don't know what i'm talking about I've given you a little homework on how to uh, research this for yourself. But again, I believe that uh, guns can be good if used properly, but anything is true in that. So we use them for sport or for hunting or whatever protection. I protect my family with a handgun and a um, shotgun and a rifle and I've I've got all that. But, you know, obviously, we live in a sin-cursed world and we're pained every time we see a gun used to hurt someone. But listen, the question isn't Guns. The question is salvation. Have we received by faith Jesus or have we been sharing that message? That's the hope for the world. Right before we go, and there's more Bible questions we'll answer tomorrow, let me tell you about Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. It's a powerful video adventure, four part series, that will show you the Grand Canyon, it'll show you the proofs of the flood of Noah and an incredible story about Ellie and her family. Uh, we'd love to send this to you as a thank you for your gift to In Grace If your gift can be $35 or more, I'll send you two more videos about Noah's Ark and the flood. If your gift is $100 or more, we're going to send you eight creation videos. We call it the Creation Bundle. Call today and get these great adventures.
1: Dive into a world of discovery with InGrace's exclusive video series, Ellie's Grand Rafting Adventure. This incredible series is yours when you give any amount to InGrace. When your gift is $35 or more, you'll also receive two more video series about Noah's Flood or get the entire 8-series creation bundle for $100. Call 800-78-GRACE, visit ingraceradio.com or write to P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, Just call us 800 78 Grace or go online ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on Ingrace Radio.